Welcome to She Bought That DVD, the podcast where every week we are watching one new DVD from our mother's giant collection. I am your co-host, Jaylene. And I'm Violet. And what DVD did we pick last week to watch this week? Empire of the Sun. Yes. And uh, through some discussion last week, you had seen parts of this film. Yeah. I had not seen any of this film. That remains true. I was trying to see if I had like remember seeing glimpses of this film. Nothing felt familiar except for just um, the dirty, muddy scene. I feel as though like Christian Bale, there's like certain like clips of Christian Bale that I've seen on social media. Cause like yeah. the one that's popular is with his headphones on, like walking through the hall. Mm-hmm. But I think like the muddy one is also somewhere mm-hmm. as a meme of some sort. But past that, I had not seen any of this film. What about you, though? I'd seen bits and pieces. Some of it was very familiar. I really would like to know, do you remember, because you also had brought up last week that at a certain point, Dad said you would no longer should be watching it. It was when uh, him flashing the light and then starting to get invaded. Oh, that early on? Yeah. And then I was like, what's going on and I was uncomfortable so he he just said you don't have to like you can go um so I did but I I I remember coming back because there's a couple other scenes that I remember seeing um but yeah when he basically like him them all running like him losing his parents and then him running back to his place and then I stopped around there yeah because I was uncomfortable yeah. And confused. I, yeah, because you were probably what, all of like nine, 10? Like, yeah, I would say under, probably, definitely under 10. Yeah. yeah, quite young. Not super, super young, but not enough to actually like grasp the concept of still like what's happening. Like, you could understand, okay, something urgent is happening, something not great is happening, but like what the why, that? the dynamic. Yeah. 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 So I just asked dad why he likes this film. It's not his favorite film. I misspoke when we pulled this. I thought this is like one of, it's Shawshank Redemption. It's his uh, yeah, favorite film, yeah. which I did know. But I just remember like when we started this project, dad was talking highly in favor of this film. And I asked, okay, what about it do you like? He said he likes the story and he likes the movie and the atmosphere. Huh. I, I agree with the atmosphere. I do think this film has an interesting atmosphere that it creates. It's not that it's like this cozy atmosphere. Like it's pretty uh, like war zone and it's pretty like um, dire at some stages. But I think the film encapsulates that very well. Yeah, it's unpleasant. It is <laughs> uncomfortable. It is stressful. But then I'm just like story. And I, I don't want to like nitpick because like everyone's entitled to their opinion. But I, my guess is like dad hasn't seen this since like the last time you probably sat down and watched it with him. So we're talking like 20 years ago at this point. Yeah. Curious. So I'm just, I am a bit curious and I wanted to like see if I could pull a bit more as to like what specifically about the story he was interested in or like why he was drawn to it. He does say, and he's not wrong on this, the acting is phenomenal in this. Oh, yeah. So, like, he has every right to say that, like, their acting contributes greatly Mm -hmm. to the story. 
So you and I were talking, you hadn't, yesterday, you hadn't watched the DVD at that point or the film. And my one criticism going into this was I, and I'm assuming you, so I'm, this is the assumption, I knew nothing about this. I had never heard of anything about this. Did you have any idea about the conflict going on between China and Japan? No, about uh, British and Americans basically having um, a treaty that they could stay within Shanghai and then they get taken into an internment camp, a uh, prisoner of war camp by the Japanese. Yes, because of this film. Okay, so you had some inkling. Yes, because I'd seen it. So I understood that they were in China. I understood that it was... British Americans that were in an internment camp um, and that there was conflict going on or fighting war between the two parties, uh, the parties being China and Japan. Um, and the fighting was happening on like China's land. And like, obviously we, we, we saw that in um, Pearl Harbor. Yes. So they land in China but there's actually wherever they land, there's Japanese soldiers on in that territory. Yeah, that uh, that's very true. I guess like what I'm saying, which really blew me away at the beginning, was seeing a very British architecture in Shanghai. And Are like, you shocked? Are you shocked? I'm not necessarily shock shocked, but it wasn't what I was entirely expecting. And I think it's just like my naivety of just believing that the amount of places that those countries have China tried colonize. to yeah, take up land for themselves. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't end there. No. It goes. And that was like something that I then thought was like, I kind of wish I learned more about this. And personally, like as much as I know that we as Canadians dive really deep into Canadian history and I recognize that Canadian history is really important but I do think that there is like a global level of history that we do kind of need to recognize because when things are happening in other countries sometimes it's difficult to actually understand what it looks like because I'm like well I don't have the base knowledge I don't know what was happening previous to that conflict Yes, I would agree. I wish there was more world knowledge incorporated into our like high school education system with how far into detail that you have to get for like what's required of us learning in like grade 10 and grade 11 socials. Do you need to know every single war um not every single war but like battle that was fought in world war one or two of like it being on in this place in this town like I don't know if that that specific would need to happen I'd like to know more about the movement of people that's, historically yeah because like that's how I feel is more important you could say like this yeah, like 
World War II, I don't know. I can always remember the Battle of Vimy Ridge because that name gets tossed around. Is it World War One or World War II? I don't know. The Battle of Vimy Ridge. You think it's one? Anyways, that, that one gets tossed around. And to me, like, it's just all a part of World War One, And then it's all a part of World War Two. Like, that is, like, kind of the key components of it. I do agree that you should be learning what is the kickoff point, what tensions are attributing to the kind of outbreak that's going to then happen with World War II. I definitely think statistics are really important after that and then how it gets resolute for resolved for conflict. I think those are what you should be really diving into and not necessarily like, and then they were on this bridge and then they took over this battle. You were going to... Oh, I just... Well, oh, you're confirming it's yeah. World War One. I. I also would love to know more about Eastern European history and like... Um, Asian. I do. And like, yeah. Um, we learned about the Silk Road. Yeah, in grade six, exactly. which is really cool. Yes. But like also, um, I don't know what part of them. It's technically Asia, but like, I don't, you don't have to put this in. Um, like, like the stands? Like Arabic, Arabic and oh. like Islamic and like in that area, because that is the oldest land. Correct. Like that is like Byzantine, the Byzantine era. And you are right because I'm thinking about now. Not Byzantine, but, um, well, the dark ages were dark. Yeah. No, the uh, Ottoman empire. Yes. And, um, like ancient Samaria. And like, do learn that in grade six. Girl, I don't remember anything of it. I wish I did because like that is like old heritage like or like not heritage but like that is like old old civilizations yeah and then how they've like spread and moved across and like how big the roman empire was at one point and yeah i don't i i wish i knew more about that into what it is now and like and i don't know if it was after World War II, but there was like, we did very briefly learn about it because I remember Mr. Mesick talking about it, but like war or conflict going on. And it was like very Eastern European countries. Oh, um, yeah. Bo- so like Bosnia, yeah. uh, uh, no, Croatia. So it's the Yugoslavia. And then it was broken into, I believe, four different the, countries. I have no idea about that. Yeah. Montenegro. I was, Croatia, I was going to say like Serbia or something. I, Serbia and oh. yes. Anyways, so those areas were only just resolved in the nineties. Well, but like we knew that because Mr. Mezik was from Croatia, and so like and he, that man loved to talk. But he also <laughs> like loved his heritage and absolutely loved like his not country because like not necessarily, but like his heritage is what was important to him and. I, I think what was the reason why he kept bringing it up was his parents were involved with it. And he, I'm guessing his parents escaped as immigrants, the war torn countries. And then, so he was born here. Yeah. I don't know. Like there's, 
that I'd be interested in learning. I think there's just like so much out there that I would be interested in learning. I just don't know where to begin. I do want to touch on the point that I think what's interesting is that history repeats itself. We all know that. But man, do humans like to colonize. Like we we as humans have a really tough time not having power and not having control. Yeah. And just, um, I don't know if you can hear the rooster crowing in the background. It is uh 6 53 AM while we are recording, this. which is why I probably sound the way that I do. <laughs> I'm still waking up. Um, no, it's just like, when, when is enough? And like, what, what is enough? Like, why, why can't enough be enough? Like what, what, why can't we stop with having what you have or being, um, um, satisfied yeah satisfied that's the word I'm looking for yes um but also growing in the space that you have versus feeling the need to seek out more yeah and I mean I did some research for this because I struggled with this film when they were bringing up things and I was like, I don't know what that is. I don't understand. I worked. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. But I was like, I have five notes. Um, and I wrote down a word that I didn't understand. I was like, oh, that's a word. I don't know what he's saying when he says that. But sorry, you, no. tell, you tell me. Well, I was doing some research as this was going on because I just was becoming more and more curious. I was also very curious about like some of the filming and why there was British architecture there. I, I agree. I think like, I agree with what you're saying. And I should have made the assumption that of course there's British architecture there. I think where my assumptions had fallen short was I had modern day Shanghai in my head. Oh, (laughs) so when it was like old brick buildings and it was like very British and looking and I, I couldn't put two and two together. And it just, I think that was a me issue, not necessarily a film issue. Anyways, I had learned that the Shanghai International Settlement is where all of these British and Americans basically lived, originated in the year 1863. British and American citizens were exempt from local law agreed by both parties Here's the thing. I couldn't find out if it was agreed by both parties, meaning the British and the Americans bullied their way into being like, we're, yeah. Exactly. So it's not clear on Wikipedia. I have a feeling it was bullied into their, but then it's a, it's. Who knows what they were giving in, in exchange for them to have this land is the other thing. Yeah. So then this was abolished in 1943 specifically. Okay. More research shows that obviously, uh, Great Britain had colonized a couple of the port towns. This has to do with control of the um, Asian seas. Hong Kong being the most notable one. Hong Kong was given back to China uh, quite a few years ago now. And there's obviously a lot of a lot of history with Hong Kong. And that is actually a place I would love to a visit, not just the airport. It's a beautiful country from the airport. Um, but I would love to know more of the history about Hong Kong. I'm very, very interested in learning that. I just don't know where to begin. Maybe I should just start reading. Anyways, 
that was the sidebar. The British settlements were established following the victory of the First Opium War, which ran from 1839 to 1842. Then became a treaty, so it's under the Treaty of Nanking, the five treaty ports, including Shanghai, were opened to foreign merchants, overturning the monopoly held by Port of Canton under the Canton system. So from what I'm trying to gather is it's trade what is what they were really after and mm-hmm. trying to open up the ports. But this is again where like my knowledge falls short. And I'm like, okay, like what kind of monopoly were they having? Were they just not allowing certain people coming in and trading? Like there's so many little details that I just want to know more about, but I don't know where to get this information. The other issue that I'm going to probably be running into is it's going to be in a history book and probably not somewhere online. Uh, start with Wikipedia. That is where I got all okay. my information. And then look at the footnotes. Yeah, for and then, data or references. Is, and then the references, you just go from there. Yeah. I just, I didn't get that far. I only did yeah. about an hour of research yeah. <laughs> for a two and a half hour movie. I didn't open up Wikipedia once while watching this. The only thing I opened up was I'm DB or really trying to figure out who all the um, actors were. I struggled yet again with white men looking the same. (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, obviously we know. um, Well, I know Jamie was the only little kid. So that was easy, which was Christian Bale. Yeah. And then Basie was the other person, but I I didn't have subtitles on, which actually probably was a bit of a error. But it's it's Basie, not Basie. Casey. No, it's Basie. It's B A S I E. Yeah. Basie. Okay, that is. He's quite famous. Oh yeah, he's in like you've seen him in Red before. Yeah. Um, John Malkovich. That's his real name. Yeah. Yeah. And it. I've only seen him in stuff when he's older and all I could think is wow you're really attractive (laughs) but I've never seen him at like a younger ish age I've only ever seen him much older and didn't have those thoughts yeah I mean like so this film was released December 25th 1987 so it is quite an old film it sits in the 80s its budget was 35 million dollars and it grossed worldwide 66 million dollars my guess is it never went to the China market. Probably not. Um, he's also in Of Mice and Men. I don't know if Miss whatever okay. showed it. Okay. He was giving me Of Mice and Men vibes. Okay. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> okay, because that that's we're going to jump into this point. When they were in the internment camp, I just got Of Mice and Men Great Depression vibes and like all the trading that was happening and like you would have to... Not that I like know what was going on, but just that southern aspect feel. I just was like, I've been transported into like a whole different uh, world. This is not what I was expecting, but okay, I I will continue to watch and see where this goes. That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, the other couple of facts that I well, I have very few facts about this film. Basically, Christian Bale was spotted by. Actually, a lot of kids auditioned for this role, and it wasn't until a friend of Steven Spielberg pointed out Christian Bale 
that he decided to go with him and that he was a, a pleasant child to work with. And that's basically Christian Bale got really lucky for being a pleasant person. Kindness wins. He also a phenomenal actor for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, being- I couldn't stop looking at him and being like, but you're a grown man. Yeah. All I could see was grown man and everything that he did. I couldn't see young boy. I couldn't see young boy either. And it's not to the detriment of him. It's just because he's so famous. Yeah. And I've only ever seen him as an adult. Yeah. This is, it's hard to, hard to lose that disconnection. So this film was nominated for six Oscars, but lost pretty much all of them to the last emperor. The last emperor is about China again. And it uh, sets place where a kid is the last emperor. And I saw uh, the poster for it and I was like, I recognize this. And I feel as though this film was a VH copy, VHS copy that Debbie had somewhere. Oh. And I've never seen the movie before, but it it goes, it touches on more Chinese history, which I'm kind of like, I want to watch this. We don't own that one. So no. we're not going to watch it. But it might be something that I will seek out because, yeah, it won pretty much all of the Oscars that, that um, Empire of the Sun was nominated for. Here are the words, some words to look for. Earth provides enough to satisfy satisfy every man's need. Hang on. So what are you doing? Uh, when we were talking about uh, being greedy. Oh, like, okay. So not being satisfied. You found oh, quotes. You, you, there don't, you, go. you, don't need to, you don't need to put oh. this in at all. I was just trying to find it, but earth provides enough to satisfy every man's needs, but not enough for every man's greed. Um, meaning like, why can't we just grow and live in the space that you have is which I, what I was trying to say earlier. That's uh, Gandhi, by the way. <laughs> should write my utopian novel that I keep thinking about, but I just don't want to write. <laughs> um, I saw Pierce Brown mm-hmm. last weekend. Yep. And he's a hilarious man. Um, uh, he is the novelist. Yeah. Pierce yeah. Brown is the novel. He's yeah. the writer. And his advice is you're, you need, you need to just write your first draft and don't look back and don't edit it. You just need to get everything that's in your brain out first. He's like, it's not usually, in, it's not usually until your third time going over it that it actually becomes a story. And it was like good advice. He told it much better. Yeah. I, it was like just literally everything that's on your brain, dump it onto a page. You can sort through it later. Yeah, that's true. And I think like what I'm stuck on is, and I, like you pointed this out a year ago when we had this conversation, but like I have an idea, but I literally just only have necessarily like the idea. And I would just be sitting there writing, describing the idea and no story around it. So then it would just then become like story building and then you would be poking holes through it. Yeah. You just ask questions and go, oh, well, how is that going to work? And then you write to that and you just keep doing that so that you can answer those questions. But I don't like writing, so I don't want to do that. Well, yeah. So I've got some issues. That's yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> the means at which you tell that media. Um, so I think it'd be more fun to like draw a storyboard than it would be to to write. But words. I also don't like drawing. Well. <laughs> okay, let's try to concisely ish talk through this film. It starts off. It's World War Two. Uh, there is this big chunk of text. I could not read it fast enough. They were reading it out to you. Were they? Yeah. 
Oh. I listened to it twice because I also was like, whoa, <laughs> information dump. So I'm wondering if I didn't like it being read out to me. Oh, okay. It was being read. Yeah. And that's why. And then instead of listening to him, I was thinking in my head, I don't want to listen to you. I want to read it myself. And I should have just paused the film. Pretty sure it was a female voice too. You really just tuned I, it yeah, out. I just, yeah. I'm assuming man because mansplaining. But anyways, uh, from what I had gathered from it was Japanese is about to invade China. British settlements um, and communities still remain there. So then we go into Shanghai. We see Jamie. So they set up the film that Jamie is living a very, very privileged, privileged life. And he lives with his parents. They have servants who are local to the uh, country. So they're of Chinese descent, which is actually a very important part because later on what happens. Uh, it sets up that Jamie is really into planes. Loves planes. This boy loves, 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 loves planes. He knows all the facts about all the planes. He, he likes to play to the sky right. and know exactly what it yeah. is. He likes to play with the planes, loves planes. He go they go to a party. He goes out playing and he stumbles upon military man. My question is, were these Japanese or were these Chinese? Because I couldn't figure out. They didn't have anything on them that denoted what country they were from. I thought they were Chinese or they were. I thought they were Japanese. Um, yeah, I don't know. So like it was actually very hard to tell between the two different military parties. Yeah. And I'm really confused because the flag for both, for any country, your flag is so important to you. I have very strong opinions about that, but like. If you're representing your country as the military, you would think that your country's flag is somewhere on you, whether it's on the armband, what's above the uh, shirt pocket, smack mat middle in your helmet. Like, I think this is one point where I'm like, this is where this gets really confusing because I don't know who you are. I get that this is like a very scary situation for Jamie, but like as a viewer, if it's Chinese, it's less of a scary situation because technically you have every right to be there because of your treaty that you're on. But if it's Japanese, like that's pretty harrowing. Anyways, they go back into town and it is Japanese. It is Japanese. I believe so. OK, Sorry, I'm trying to look this up. No, that's fine. Yeah, I don't. Wouldn't you think. Like, were they not fighting? <laughs> I think they were just told to hold guard. And that's when they come in later on and storm the city. Like that's where they were sitting and waiting. And then it's just like rebels that are fighting back so that we don't ever see any um, Chinese army. No. We only see Japanese. Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, or we see American at the end. Yes. They go back into the city. They're staying at a hotel. And this is where the Japanese begin their attacks uh, coming into the harbor. They are all trying to flee in the city. It's very, very hectic. It's very chaotic. There's a lot of... Um, the best way to like describe this is like when people are, are rushing a stage 
and then people get squished and pinched and then they lose people. That is kind of what's happening in the streets. He ends up losing his parents and he makes his way home to a ransacked house because his mom tells him, I'll meet you at home, which I was like, well, that's not going to happen. Where'd the parents go? I don't know. And like, why didn't they go back for their kid at home? I don't what, know. What was preventing them? Because they seemed, they seemed A-okay. They seemed, did not seem to dramatize as poor Jamie did at the end of the film. I like, I don't know. There's so many unanswered questions for this. So he comes home to a ransacked house and the servants are all robbing them. Well, they're, yeah, they're just taking the stuff. Like that's like, they, they, <laughs> they're doing what they need to do in order to survive. And Jamie ends up staying at the house for quite a few weeks is kind of what my assumption is. And he's trying to find any scrap of food. He's trying to loot. He's trying to um, basically just stay alive. He then decides to leave. And as he's leaving, there's a vehicle that drives by and they're trying to get him on the vehicle. He can't get onto the vehicle because his bike doesn't pedal fast enough and he's trying to chase it. So he ends up then going back into um, Shanghai. I'm not too sure. Like, this is where I wish I knew regionally specific, like why I could call out names. But he ben- ends up going into like the downtown city center is what I'm going to call it. And... He ends up finding this other guy who takes him in and they're Americans and they're looking to leave is what I had gathered. And through other situations, they end up getting captured and they get put into this like warehouse. Basie is like the ringleader between the three of them. I can't think of the other guy's name, but Basie knows how to manipulate and try to win anything and get knickknacky things which is also again like really important later on and they leave that location and they actually show up at an internment camp time has passed Mm -hmm. is what it really shows and they have been in a settled community of some sort for quite some time it shows as though life wasn't too hard it wasn't great there's definitely things that were taking away from them, but it wasn't your typical internment camp is what I will say, because it wasn't what I was expecting. Was it what you were expecting? I'd seen parts of this film. Oh, but when you think internment camp, I didn't think that. Okay. Um, I was just curious as to what work they were doing. They were farming. Oh, collecting rocks. That had to, to do, what point? Okay, so collecting what? the rocks and grinding them up, that had to do with making airstrips. Right, okay, and then he mentions that, yeah, okay. Yeah. Then Jamie has, he's basically the little kid that is running around and making bets and winning stuff for Basie, and then there's this attack that happens where Basie gets called out for basically collecting all the stuff like it's from the Japanese and he ends up getting robbed in the end. I have Pacey, not, oh, I thought Pacey from Dawson's Creek this entire time, I guess. Uh, And then the camp gets attacked. Then the atomic bomb goes off. The war is over. Food falls from the sky. 
and he gets reunited with this family. There is a lot of other things that actually happen in this film, but I can, as you can see, my notes kind of just like really dwindled at the end because it was like, I just need to like know the key points because it seems as though they're about to get saved and they don't get saved because then they have to like walk to this weird place, which is the most weird scene I've ever, like, I want to talk about this because what was all that furniture doing there? I have no idea. I, like, And I, I couldn't find any research on this. It was like a fever dream. That's exactly how I felt. And I was trying to figure out if that's what they meant by it. That they were basically hallucinating, hallucinating, yeah. surrounded by all their favorite, yeah, most they prized position things. Exhausted. Dehydrated. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, they keep they get moved around as like the war continues and whatnot. There is no time given for how long this had gone on for, which I kind of wish because I think like that would have added to the story of like, wow, like they had been oh, the passage of time, yeah. Yeah, passage of time, I think, is like really critical. There are so many other interesting things for character development that I thought were interesting, but I also felt as though became too predictable because Jamie says at some point that he wouldn't be able to pick out his parents. And so at the very end, his parents find him and he's just like standing there, like kind of like shell shocked as to like, what the hell? Like I've just been found, but I don't really recognize you. And I'm like, wow, that's like really sad and depressing. But again, why did his parents look totally fine? I want to, yeah, I want to know what they did. Where they ended up. And I get like the story centers around Jamie and his activities, but I was thinking, okay, where did the separation happen? Like, where did all these other people go? What happened to the Chinese people that were in the settlement as the servants? Like, were they, they actually go back to his house at one point and the Japanese have taken over. Are now living in his, yeah. Yeah, in his old house. And that's actually how they ended up getting captured. Did you know this was based on a book or not? Like it was a book first? Yes. Not after 30 minutes of watching this movie and I had done research, I had found that it was based on a book who it was based on Jamie who actually had lived this. Yeah, I was, I was trying to look something up Really, I wanted to know what he said in Morse code back. Apparently, no one's like been able to figure out what, what exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's how I read. And I saw a lot of people discussing the differences or like the meanings. Um, if you had read the book, were easier to understand. Yeah. Especially like the end, because it all feels like a fever dream at the end. Like yeah. with the parachutes falling from the sky and yeah. the place with all the random furniture and cars and and like the fact that he walked there and then managed to walk all the way back. It just ending this ending of this movie is feels so bizarre. Yeah, and I could see why then it maybe turns into a fever dream because he's so malnourished. Yeah. And then even him getting the mango from the Japanese man and then him getting killed immediately. Like it just is confusing as to why all those parts were put in. Yeah. I don't know if it's just to show him how 
how cruel cruel Basie actually is. Which is very of mice and men killing the dog. Because <laughs> um, the dog dies, right? Yeah, they put the dog down because he's old, though. Yeah. Okay, um, that's right. Oh, yeah. He, he, it's his friend. He kills yeah. Lenny. Lenny. There we go. Because he realizes that he's holding him back. Well, I think there's more going on than I know. that. But yes. <laughs> um, Basically, it shows. Yeah, no, you're right. It shows Jamie that like you may think you're on the good side, but man is just as evil on either I, yeah, side. I, yeah, I was. It, that just felt like it was just like plopped in there for like maybe five minutes at the end of the film really quickly. And then all these American army men roll up. It was a film, so I said to Brayden that this film is two and a half hours long. It took me three hours to finish with all the pausing and researching and whatnot. But this film had so much symbolism and so many themes that I felt as though you could watch this movie in half hour chunks and really pull out. Oh, and discover, yeah, new things. Yeah. But sometimes, like, I'm I, like I'm not that type of person to begin with, so that's really tough. And it's hard to then give a good score to this film because the assumption is then on the viewer to do all of this work. And I'm like, I just want to be entertained at the end of the day. I, I want to be told a really good story. Give me some breadcrumbs that I have to kind of, like, put together, but don't give me a 7,000. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of shots with no dialogue or man the music in this it's just unsettling it's very unsettling like they they did that well i think that's what the point of it's like a majority of the time yes but i didn't feel good watching this film and i i don't think it's a feel good film so i'm probably not supposed <laughs> to feel good watching this film but i just i just didn't want to feel uncomfortable i I uh, was not prepared to come home from work and just sit in the dark and watch this film and be like, okay, well now I have to go to sleep and uh, cool. I also like was trying to eat dinner and my dinner was unappetizing based on my mood watching this film. Did you laugh when you saw Ben Stiller in this film? No, because when there was Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller is in this film. Where? Um, He is one of... Um, Basie's men like when they in his like little hut, barrack yeah whatever it is yeah um, yeah he's one of the oh yeah I didn't see that sorry Ben Stiller you're only in funny films <laughs> you can't do serious roles you can't do serious roles no I had no idea it was interesting watching so uh, I think this is our third Steven Spielberg film maybe even our fourth one yeah, maybe or four. I think it possibly is. It was interesting watching this one and kind of comparing it to, oh no, what's the name of the one where Munich? Right. Yes. Okay. So story-wise, not the same. That's not what I'm comparing it to, but visually comparing it to Munich, because I remember distinctly my comment for that film was... I didn't like the way he had done lighting and I felt as though everyone was like really overblown and you didn't really notice it as much. I noticed it again in this film where there was just weird shadowing happening where 
it was so bright behind them and it casted this like blowed blown out shadow across the person and i i can't figure out why you stylistically would choose to do something like that because i understand when you want to create dramatization and you keep them kind of mysterious and you keep them in the shadows or you have them really like sharp and clean there's like little things about that i understand but this weird all i can describe is like when you take a picture of someone their back is facing the sun but you're facing the sun and so they're really like blown out like the background is blown out but they just have this like gray sheen across them i can't figure out why you would do that i didn't notice it ah oh, i just keep noticing it was steven spielberg films and i i would like to know why like what is the decision for this can you remind me the next time we watch one of his films to look for something like that i'm wondering if it's a specific time period but no munich was early it was the millennium yeah i don't know yeah because he doesn't do with et because et he plays with the shadows and the mystery so yeah i definitely think this is our fourth steven spielberg Wow, what we a, have a lot of his what films. A, what a great film, E.T. I know, E.T. was a great pick. That makes me... Oh, that was such a wonderful film to watch. Okay, the word I learned is called reprisal. Okay. Do you know what reprisal means? Well, is it derived from reprise, as in to repeat? Because, like, if you reprise something, you're, like, repeating, redoing, no? Uh, I mean, yeah, but... so. The doctor uses this word mm -hmm. to explain why. So one night uh, they end up under attack. Um, there's, I'm going to assume American, um, shooting at the airstrip. And the, I'm going to say the general, I don't know, the Japanese man who's in charge. I think it's Nagata was the name. Yeah. He is all upset and he, they're going around and they're just smashing the windows Correct. Of the, all the buildings mm -hmm. of the internment camp. And someone asked like the doctor, like what's going on? He's like, oh, it's a reprisal. I was like, what do you mean? It means an, an act of retaliation. Oh. Yes. Interesting. Didn't know that. Good, good, good word to learn. I yeah. Guess. I was like, what is he explaining? I was like, I don't understand why they're breaking the windows. And then, then I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Because I was like, why are they, yeah, picking on, I mean, it's just out of anger, I guess, the the people in the internment camp. Yeah. Yeah. So at the beginning of this film, when Jamie and his parents are arriving into his house, there's a man on the street and he's begging. I thought he was going to be a bit more important later on. There's many characters in this that I thought would be a bit more important, like... Uh, no whiskey, no whatever boy who's just yelling in the streets. And then we see him again and he just steals one of Jamie's shoes. And then we never see him again. Very confused by those interactions and what they meant. I mean, the man out front, I think was to, uh, Jamie was, uh, picking up on that. What his life is, is like, like yeah. it's not normal. Yeah. That I definitely understood, but I actually thought when he came back, it was going to come back to the neighborhood. The man was going to laugh at him, but he comes back and he's gone. 
Exactly. And you see, like, Jamie's like, oh, where'd the man go? Which, where did the man go? I, yeah, well, that, that was my other question. But I think, I mean, like, he got, the servant hits him because Jamie makes a pretty nasty comment to the servant early on in life. And so now the servant is like, well, you owe me nothing. So I'm going to kind of Mm -hmm. be nasty back to you. Yeah, and I don't understand the boy who steals his shoe. No. Is it just, like, meant to give, like, Jamie a hardship? Yeah, that one was confusing. And some of the people that he meets, like, the significance of the woman that ends up dying, mm-hmm. that he leaves. Like, it was, like, that that relationship, whatever's going on between them, felt so confusing. Yeah. Like, she was very unkind to him. Yeah. But then it was also kind. Like, I was very confused by that dynamic of, like, what was going on there. Because, like, he helped her multiple times. Yeah. And then she was just a bit spiteful to him. The other thing that I could not figure out, and I still don't understand, is when Jamie is running around the town and is trying to surrender. And he's just being ignored by everyone. I couldn't figure that out. It wasn't until he was with two white American men that he then was taken away. Well, I probably just thought he was a, he's being a child. It's but like nothing to us. He kept going up to the Japanese and the Japanese weren't doing anything. They were probably like, it's a kid. Like yeah. it doesn't mean has, anything. Yeah, yeah. So that one, I still don't like, I, I understand what you're saying, but I'm like, I want more concrete answers for something like that rather than it just being like well he was just a kid they didn't do anything but it's like that's not true they were technically taking children away yeah i'm not sure at this point we may as well just jump into our ratings if you're ready i am okay what is your story rating i give it a 2.5 okay i wasn't entertained okay but it was a story okay fair enough i gave it a 3.5 i thought it was a good story, but I don't think it was a great story. And I'm going to say as in, I don't think the story was told overly well. I'm also just confused by the end of the story. Like it, it felt pretty strong leading up until say three quarters and the last quarter felt, I'm going to say cheap, but like, or silly or bizarre. I'm confused by the ending of the story. I mean, I'm not confused with how it ended. No, yeah. but like the some of the parts that were added in. I'm curious if like I went back and rewatched the last half an hour of this film, what it would look like from basically not being worn out from watching the first two hours of the film. Be like, okay, like what does this actually look like? Or are you right? The whole other underlying theme of this film is it's a journey that you're going on and this journey is meant to wear you out just as much as it's worn him out and so like when it gets to the end and you're kind of dazed and confused like he's dazed and confused are you with him like I don't know but I I think it is a good story and I think it like it's great that it got told I just think for me it opened up too many questions that were not answered. Okay. Music. I gave it a three. I hated it. It was good, but 
but I hated it. I also gave it a three for those exact reasons. I really did not like the boys singing. It it made it even creepier, in my opinion. And then the atmosphere that they had created with the uh, music was also very matching. It's hard to say because like technically then that should push it higher because they've done a good job of it. But it's like, I don't want to re-listen to the soundtrack. Visuals. I gave it a three. Okay. It did try to do a lot of storytelling through visuals, like uh, more cinematic or like landscape shots. But I couldn't get over that woman's makeup. (laughs) I have no idea which woman. The The one woman that's like in the... They try to make her look sickly, but you could just tell she was just like a beautiful woman caked on with makeup. Gotcha. And I was like, this girl does not look sickly. She just looks like she has bad, poorly makeup (laughs) makeup. on her face. I gave it a 3.5. I think this movie is visually appealing and they do a really good job with landscapes. Like where they shot on location was stunning. I do actually want to mention that This was the very first American film shot in Shanghai. Oh. They had allowed them to come in. I was curious about where they filmed. Yeah. And so England was the other one. And then Hollywood is the other place that they had filmed. But there were actual places in Shanghai that they were able to film, which I thought was really cool. They were given two weeks. That's all the time that they had. Wow. So I my guess is like the desert is somewhere in like Palm Springs area. Not necessarily Palm Springs, but you you see what I'm saying. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, just my biggest gripe being the lighting situation that I just still can't figure out if that's just a Steven Spielberg direction that he likes to do or if there's actually underlying meaning to that. Your overall score. 5.7. Okay. I'm a 6.6. IMDb has this at 7.7. Dad gives us a nine. Which brings up our scores to average out to that seven. (laughs) The tricky one is, do we keep this DVD? No. Violet's a no. I am going to be a yes for this. Okay. I kind of want to give it another shot at some point. I also want to keep it because dad. Yeah. For the memories of dad. But other than that, I don't really care. I think like the beginning of the film, I really want to study it, cinematography. But then I also want to see like I want to go on that wild trip again where all that furniture is. I want to like see that scene from a fresh set of eyes. Like enter that and be like, okay, what is going on? Like, am I am I supposed to be hallucinating with you guys? Anyways, we are going to pick next week's DVD. Are you ready? I am. You're ready. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do this. What are we watching next week? Okay, not what I was expecting whatsoever. I also cannot describe this film. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it before. I do think it's a football movie. Um, Incorrect. It is a baseball movie. <laughs> oh, is it Moneyball? It's not Moneyball or Fastball. No, Moneyball. Moneyball. It's not. Do we own Moneyball? Let me do a quick, uh, yes, we do. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so interestingly enough, we do own two copies of this film. It is also on Netflix, so we don't need to do a DVD handoff. 
the fun factoid about the reason we own two copies is it's a double feature on a different movie, but mom wanted the other movie that oh, was yeah. attached okay. to yeah. the duplicate to this. But we also have this as a, a standalone. Um, casting wise, it has Harrison Ford in it and Chadwick Boseman. You only know probably one of those names. It's obviously Chadwick. Kidding. <laughs> Um, so the movie that we are going to be watching next week, because I won't be able to describe this to you, is called 42, The Jackson Robson Story. So yeah. My, my guess is it's about Jackie Robinson. I've never heard of this before. Yeah. When did it come out? 2013. So it's 10 years old. Oh. Huh. Yeah. So, uh... It's got an okay, you know what? Sometimes sports films can actually good. And then obviously sometimes sport films can be kind of a bit of a miss. I generally do like sport films. They have really had the one and all that I can think is against the ropes or whatever it was called. Well, like Bend It Like Beckham. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. That, yeah. <laughs> But I guess I'm talking like very American sport, um, your classic football movies, which we haven't had yet. We do have a couple of football movies. So we will be watching 42, the Jackie Robson, Robinson. Robinson? It's actually just called 42, but I have it as the Jackie Robinson story because I think that's like the tagline because I think 42 is his number. player number. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to end the episode there. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this week's episode. If you would like to follow us, hit the follow or subscribe button. If you'd like to follow us on any of our socials, those are linked in the show notes below. Until then, have a really great week. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.